Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. Jesus and his disciples were traveling and serving along the Jordan River, making their way toward Jerusalem. The disciples were all young adult men, probably in their early 20s. They had each walked away from their family members and their earthly ambitions to follow Jesus. So it certainly must have caught their attention when an impressive young man about their age approached their group and began to address Jesus. Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? The disciples listened as Jesus answered him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Jesus was challenging the young man's assessment of who Jesus was, essentially provoking him to decide whether or not Jesus was God. Then Jesus proceeded to answer his question, If thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Jesus was preparing to expose this young man's self-righteous attitude when he answered, If thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. The young man asked another question, Which commandments do you mean? So Jesus gave a few examples. Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This made the young man glow with pride. All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? The disciples listened intently as Jesus threw the young man a curveball that shattered his pious self-image. If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Jesus had touched on his great weakness. The young man dropped his head, turned, and walked away. Jesus then turned to his disciples and said with a heavy heart, That's why not many wealthy people will enter into the kingdom of heaven. The disciples were amazed. As mostly poor, working-class people, they just assumed that all wealthy people were better than they were. And they asked Jesus, If they can't be saved, who can be saved? And Jesus gave them hope. With men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With that conversation ended, Peter goes back to referring to the young man who had just walked away from them. Lord, you told that guy that he should sell everything he has and follow you. We've already walked away from everything we had. We've already done what he refused to do. What shall we have, therefore? Whoa, this feels like one of those moments where Jesus is going to come down hard on Peter. Maybe some of the disciples even braced themselves for the rebuke that they were sure Peter was about to receive. But Jesus didn't rebuke Peter in the least for asking that question, which must mean that that is a totally legitimate question for a disciple of Jesus to ask. Lord, I let go of my dreams to follow you. What will I receive in return? Lord, I gave up a promising career to serve you, and I'm glad I did. I don't regret it at all. But what will my reward be? Maybe you've had that thought, but you thought it was wrong to ask the Lord. Maybe you thought it was selfish to even consider what the results of sacrificing your dreams will be. But Peter's question and Jesus' answer demonstrate that the question is not out of line. 
It is important to point out that Peter didn't ask this question as a bargaining chip. When Peter first heard Jesus say, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, if Peter had asked then, what shall we have, before he made his decision, that would have been unacceptable. But now, Peter has made his decision. He's walked away from his plans and his future. And Jesus gives no indication that he is displeased with Peter's question. So let's look for a minute at Jesus' answer. First, Jesus tells his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus tells them that he has a great purpose for them that extends into the kingdom age, the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on earth. Far too many believers dismiss the glory of living on this earth during the millennium. But God promises that those years will be a time of great reward. Jesus goes on to say, And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. Still talking about the kingdom age, Jesus says to everyone who has made sacrifices to follow him, that the payback will be 100 times better than what you let go of. Don't overlook what Jesus says you will enjoy on this earth for 1,000 years. And then Jesus adds, and shall inherit everlasting life. When the millennium ends, your eternal joy and bliss will just be beginning. I don't think God wants us to be obsessed with what shall we have. He wants us to be consumed with Him. But when our minds do occasionally wander to what shall we have, He wants us to know that the reward is far greater than anything we have given up or anything we can dream of. Christian, we can't even imagine the glorious things that our God is preparing for us. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.